Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Spartan Red Zone here on WDBM. I'm Matt Merrifield, joined alongside with the entire Impact football beat for the year, Zach Slowick and Jada Coster, back here in the basement of Holden Hall on this beautiful Friday afternoon here in East Lansing as we get ready for the weekend and a big matchup in Michigan State football against the number 8 Washington Huskies coming up tomorrow night. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about in this episode. We last met 15 days ago on August 31st, and um, a lot has happened, to say the least. Let's, a few things. Let's, just a few things. A let's things, let's, let's run it back. Let's start off. So since we recorded, Michigan State defeated Central Michigan in their season open season opener 31-7. to Then on a good week of practice. Good week of practice. I'm missing something. No. Nope. Oh, uh, no, I'm not missing something. It was a good week of practice. I turned 20 years of age. Yes, you did. Happy birthday, birthday, Matt. I'm sorry I forgot to say that live on air during the football game. It's okay. Michigan. I was thinking about ball. That's Mich- on me. <laughs> Pause. Anyways. Michigan. Anyways, Michigan State then beat the Richmond, the Richmond Spiders. Spiders. The Richmond Spiders. Covering both of those games. 45-14. Good teams win. Great teams cover. So Michigan State won that one 45-14. And then the wheels fell off. Um, at about 11 p.m. on Saturday night. Yeah, for me, I saw the report basically as midnight ended. I thought this was a pretty cool birthday. And then at 12.01, crap hit the fan, to say the least. Um, The Mel Tucker situation, which we'll talk about a little bit. He has been suspended without pay. And now Harlan Barnett taking over active head coaching duties for this Michigan State team going forward. Uh, So we'll get and talk about that here in a second. Uh, We got to talk about... Two weeks of college football has happened. Lots of stuff going on around the country. Some big games have already happened. Some big games coming up. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. And then, obviously, the pick our favorite part, presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook, of course. Uh, so that's how we'll finish off the show. But let's start off with the Mel Tucker situation, obviously, being suspended without pay. A lot of reports coming in throughout the week. Obviously, the USA Today article that was released on Sunday night, Sunday morning, um, and just kind of your initial guys' initial reactions to kind of what happened. And obviously a lot of stuff's come out, a lot of stuff's being uh, statements coming in from both sides. Um, kind of just been a weird week for Michigan State football, obviously. Yeah, I I have – as a journalist, my goal is to report the truth, and um, I think that's all of our goals in here. We're all journal majors. Like we just want everyone to be educated on what is happening – um, and subtle flex here as the last news director, somebody who's covered Michigan state's board of trustees, um, for multiple times, I, I do fear that we'll never actually get that truth. Um, and that's what really, really bothers me. No matter the situation I want to, I want to know, um, I'm not interested in blackballing somebody if they didn't do it. If he did do it, I just want to know what the situation is um like you said matt a lot of stuff coming out on both sides and we have no information that is solid right now there is no it's a lot of he said she said um and it's an absolute nightmare the only thing we do know is somebody inside michigan state leaked that to the u.s today Mm -hmm. um and i'm not in for calling for people's jobs but not only did you hurt um the victim, you hurt Mel Tucker, but you also hurt the uni- uh, Michigan State University. Who? Let's talk about this. This football program has been in the national spotlight th- three out of the last three years. Only one of them is for having a good football team. Last year you had the tunnel situation. This year you have the situation with Mel. The only year that, and under the Mel Tucker era, that was in the national spotlight was year two, his first full season, and that was because of Kenneth Walker and that football team. Yeah, and it's such. 
unfortunate timing. Obviously, you never never want something like this to happen to your football program. But the weekend, obviously coming up, is supposed to be the 10-year anniversary. They're honoring the Rose Bowl team from the 2013-2014 season and obviously welcome all those players back. But now there's just kind of this overarching, something looming over the program because of what happened. And it's just unfortunate for everything that's going on. Like you said, the football program really hasn't had much good news going on about it, even going back prior to COVID and just – it seems like this football and athletic program as a whole just can't catch a break. Kind of this university as a whole, and, if we want to talk. I don't know if there's a university that has more scandals in the last 10 years than Michigan State. Like, I actually. Like, I feel like it's just the same wash. It's the same like st- story every you know, four years. I mean, you know, we had we had the shooting last February, and then we had the stuff with Larry Nassar, and now, and now this. I mean, I just think. Uh, President Stanley yeah, was yeah, pushed exactly. out of Michigan State right. University. Um, it's just I, not I don't stuff that should happen to a university, and you I know. and I don't know like what needs to change, but this is not happening everywhere else in the country. So what's the issue here in East Lansing? Um, I guess my statement until more comes out, I'm not going to talk about this at all. Right. Um, just until I know, at least until the investigation's done and they have a ruling, I have nothing to say because I don't know what's true. I don't know what's. I mean, you can read so much, but you don't really know what's going on. And that's the unfortunate part is people throwing, you know, accusations at Alan Haller or different people in the athletic department of they should have done more when they because when they were told back in December, being reported that the investigation was starting and that this allegation had been put against Mel Tucker, um, and well, they should have done more. We didn't. We don't know how much information he we he had. Obviously, the hearing date is set for October fifth and October sixth during the bye week, and had the leak not happened very likely the hearing would have happened and then whatever decision came out of that, then Alan Haller and the athletic department and the school could have made their decision on what to do with Mel Tucker. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I feel like that would have been the best way to handle it. But then again, now in the last week, we don't know what is true and what isn't. And so I, I mean, we can't make any definitive statements until yeah. we know everything. Yeah, happened. Like once the investigation plays out, I'll let the facts come out. I mean, we're, we're, we're able to judge like we, like, like you said, Zach, uh, a lot of he said, she said, a lot of nonsense going on. It's just getting pretty messy. And it's just, you know, from my perspective, I think it's it's pretty unfortunate. We have a big game coming up against Washington, and now your coach is gone. And I still think, you know, Harlan Burnett's in his press conference this week on Tuesday. Players are just going to go forward, and we're just going to play. Um, and we're not, you know, he said he talked to his, uh, they, he had a, um, a team-only meeting on a Sunday and they just and they just said you know we're just going to move forward and get ready for Washington and and uh, you know I think that's just the mindset they're going through right yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot about this team and the toughness yeah. of this team just dealing with something that they shouldn't even have to have to go through. <clears throat> Obviously, they're college student athletes. They this they didn't sign up for this, and yeah. now we'll see. You know if they can put all that aside and go out and play four quarters of football on Saturday. Um, I'm interested to see uh, during the off season, Coach Tucker and the players themselves at media days talked about how much the team chemistry was there. We're going to see how close this team is and if they can rally together. Um, for everybody's sake, for the university's sake, I hope they can. I hope they can, you know, put all this aside and put out a good four quarters of football this weekend and going forward the rest of the season. But I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and I guess the last thing I want to say about this, I know you mentioned this is kind of. Uh, it's going to be Harlan Burnett's first game as a head coach. They are going to count this against his record, too, which tells me right away that no matter what, Mel Tucker's probably not going to be coaching at Michigan State anymore. Yeah, um, no chance. I, even even if he if they find, like, oh, he did nothing wrong, which I don't th- probably – I have no clue, like I said. But even if they do, I doubt Mel Tucker wants to be here now If after all I, this, and especially how quick everybody has – 
turned before the investigation even happened. But in the Harlan Barnett situation, D'Antonio's back with them. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, Coach D is loved around this East Lansing area. Um, maybe not his short side jet sweeps. Um, but other than that, he is he is loved and very much appreciated in this. And I've never seen a coach treated even similar to him outside of Tom Izzo, who is royalty in this city. But it, I think it's really good that they went Barnett and they didn't just bring D'Antonio back. Because that that's a culture change, huge. Barnett's been there for both in the Tucker and the D'Antonio era. He knows how players respond at this point. If you bring D'Antonio back, I mean, Michigan State has traditions, but D'Antonio and Mel Tucker are completely different, which I think is what people got so excited about when Mel got here is, oh, he's not like D'Antonio. He's out there. He's going to yeah. go out there, and he's going to get in your face. Like He's going to be loud. He cares. Doesn't like the media. But um, a lot of like antics, talks. Um, in saying that, I, I'm excited for Barnett, and that's all I have on the coaching situation for the time being. Yeah, I think it's good we just move on to the football aspect. Yeah. Obviously, we'll have more coverage of anything that breaks out. Jay, you and AJ have done a great job the last week yeah. getting out coverage yeah, of everything. Yeah, shout out our writers. Yeah, you two will be both covering the game on Saturday, uh, so make sure to ch- tune in and check out their all their right. coverage. And obviously, Zach and I will be broadcasting the Spartan Red Zone pregame show. starts at 4.30 tomorrow. Uh, kickoff is set for 5.05, I believe, is what I officially saw, but 5 o'clock. They're going to change it. They Who always, knows? They always do. <laughs> um, so let's start, get back to football. So last weekend, Michigan State did play Richmond. Uh, they won that one 45-14. Michigan State went out and took took care of business, especially in the second half of that one. Noah Kim, three touchdowns on the day, was Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. 17 consecutive completions. Yeah, he... Uh, including three touchdowns. He really settled in, in that one. Uh, Nathan Carter had over 100 yards again. He had three scores to add on with that. He had a, another big game, and Michigan State's run game appears to be uh, kind of reestablished after a rough year a year ago. Now the one thing we will talk about is the depth of that running back room, especially with Jaron Mangum, the running back, being he has missed the first two games. We saw him up in the booth. I don't think he's going to be on the field anytime He likes soon. relish on his brats or, and or hot dogs? He does. We did get to see that sitting next to him in the booth. It's important that us. people know. Um, that is gritty. It, very especially uh, from from a guy from Detroit. That's not not your conventional. I don't like I don't like hot or I don't like uh, ketchup on my hot. That's dogs. that's a good yeah. take, Jay. I <laughs> you don't, probably you I'm probably a... put pickles on it, huh? Yeah, we do. That's you're, gross. You're, are you are you a Chicago dog guy? <laughs> oh, I love oh, it. Oh God, it's a salad. <laughs> Any, okay, let's get back to football. yeah. Let's, I, we can let's get back to ball. We can get into brats and dogs all day. Detroit style is way better. Just putting that out there. Also, Jalen Berger went down last week early in the game after two carries. He's something to watch. Obviously, him and Carter were the two main backs back in Week One against Central Michigan. Uh, Jordan Simmons got some, got one carry and fumbled. And fumbled. Davion Prim and then Davion Prim also had four carries and fumbled. And then Joseph Martinez came in to finish out the game. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see how the health of the running back room plays out tomorrow. Um, So just you know, any reactions? Obviously, Richmond not a great. Uh, FCS team, but just any reactions from that one? No, I mean, Nathan Carter, I mean, I think we're seeing what he can do. I mean, we'll see how he does against a Power 5 team in Washington tomorrow, but Nathan Carter, he's looked the part so far. Um, I think he's fast and physical. I think, you know, it could be another fine from from this coaching staff. Um, you know, he's not, I'm not saying he's going to be a Kenneth Walker, but I mean, he. I think he has looked the part so far in this running back room. And then Noah Kim, you know, the first quarter he kind of struggled again, but he kind of settled into his own. Um, I think he had 15 straight completions. He was 17. 17 straight. 17 straight. He started off one for five with a yeah. touchdown. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he's, I mean, a Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, like you said, Matt. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've been impressed with what I've seen from him so far. And just overall, this defense, Zion Young at a, at a, at a sack, um, Aaron Blay at a sack. I just think, you know, this front seven um, struggling a little bit in the tackling, but overall they looked decent. Uh, Tunisia, Adelaide had a sack. Um, and overall, just, you know, we're, we're just, we're going to find out you're playing two bad teams. We're gonna find a lot about this team uh, tomorrow on, at five o'clock. So yeah, overall, just just solid from the whole group so far. Yeah, the Michigan State defense had seven yeah. sacks yep. against thirteen Richmond. tackles for loss. So they were uh, the front seven definitely you know imposed their will, played very well, looked very strong. We'll have to see. They're gonna to have to get to Penix yes. tomorrow if they want any chance of winning that one. Uh, Zach, do you have any takeaways? Um, yeah, I I do think Nathan Carter's a real deal, but we will find out for sure. I couldn't agree more with that statement, Jay. Um, I, I'm it, it's really interesting to me watching the way they're using Noah Kim in the run game. Um, a lot of like quarterback draws, powers. Um, where really the only time you really saw Peyton Thorne ever run, um, which they want out of Auburn. I need to throw that out there. It makes me feel better. Uh, is was like a read option every once in a while. Um, not as many like designed all right, you're taking the snap and running downhill. Um, so that was interesting, but six carries, 21 yards. You can't really complain if um, that's your second leading rusher on the day. Throwing the ball looked great. Trey Mosley had that breakout game that I think everybody kind of was expecting week one um, that he didn't have, but five catches, 84 yards, a touchdown um, with the big 26-yarder. 17 yards after contact, too, is pretty impressive because Trey Mosley is not the biggest guy. Uh, the one person, though, a lot of people got involved. Uh, three tight ends caught a ball in that game. Um, Daniel Hopper, first touchdown. Yeah, first catch, first touchdown. Antonio Gates Jr., first catch, first uh, touchdown. Um, Ty- uh, Tyrell Henry, zero catches. He didn't really play much at wide receiver, which I thought was really weird. He was somebody I thought was going to explode after having that unbelievable catch week one against central and just didn't see much playing time with the offense obviously he's doing all the punt and kick returnings um so i'm interested to see how they use him because i think everyone in spartan stadium knows how explosive he can be it's just whether or not he's going to get the opportunity um but i think the question coming in was who's those top three receivers and i think michigan state figured out obviously trey mosley montori fosters looked very decent uh, but I wouldn't even put him I think Jerron Glover is that guy and then I think your third wide receiver actually is Malik Carr um, with how many targets he's seen Um, so and then you can just rotate whoever in that final spot yeah obviously Trey Mosley had that big game Jerron Glover had two for 60 Antonio Gates had his first career catch that was also a 45 yard touchdown from Noah Kim Montori Foster had a couple targets uh, Malik Carr only had one catch. He had a very impressive catch. Two uh, catches. One of them got called yeah, back. It was in the end zone. That's a second touchdown called back this year already. If I think if anybody like, wants the numbers on it, I, I think mean, it's nice to see Malik Carr like getting more involved in the passing game. Um, he looks much better as a blocker yeah, as definitely. well. It's been interesting. He does look much better. He's getting a lot of targets, but he only has two catches through the first two weeks. Yeah. Like him well, and, he has two touchdowns called back yeah, already, I mean, it is which is nuts. Because, I mean, he honestly should have one or two touchdowns and but a little more I, catches. I, I like what I'm seeing from Christian Fitzpatrick yeah. as that big 6'4 wide receiver. So I'm very pleased with how the receiver room has looked. Obviously, a lot of questions coming into the year with Reed and Coleman gone. And I think and both, Bernard gone, who they'll see this which, week. Yes, Jeremy Bernard makes his return, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, there isn't much else to take away. Michigan State took care of business against an FCS team. Um 
potentially the last game Mel Tucker coaches at Michigan State. We'll only have to wait and see. Uh, but now let's move in. Preview tomorrow, Michigan State hosting eighth-ranked Washington, who's 2-0. They've beaten up on Tulsa and Boise State the last two weeks. Uh, 5 o'clock on WDBM, 4.30, pregame show starts. Um, start of the Harlan Barnett era. Obviously, Coach D is here, too. Alcohol sales, first time tomorrow in Spartan Stadium. That's big time for attendance. I guarantee you it's sold out. I guarantee I, you. I'm interested 000? to see. Like they, the crowd last week was pretty impressive. Like it was almost sold. I can look and see what the official attendance numbers. I believe were. it was seventy thousand. So they were like three thousand short. Yeah, three, four thousand short. But I'm excited to see how early the people show because I they, at least one hour before because that's when alcohol sales begin. Is that when they start? Yeah. So, okay, I didn't know if they start because I know the gates open an hour and a half early, two yeah. hours. Okay. And then you have you have uh, it's an hour and a half or two hours. It's weird with afternoon games. Sometimes they open up earlier, um, but. Alcohol sales begin one hour before kickoff, so 4 p.m., and then they end at with 10 minutes remaining in the third which quarter, seems super which is early. way that too is early. early. I, thought it, I thought it would end like the start of the fourth quarter, like kind of like a baseball. Or like five the, minutes the seventh, left yeah, in the, the third. The stretch for baseball, that's when alcohol sales stop, but you know. Yeah, I mean, when they play Mo Bambas, when, yeah. the, when you can no longer buy alcohol. Yeah, alcohol sales in the stadium, automatic. Uh, 2013 Rose Bowl reunion, uh, oh. they had the... Uniform unveiling last night, Cal Ellsworth, Kyler Ellsworth, the hero from the 2014 Rose Bowl, was the one donning Michigan State wearing the green helmets, green jerseys, white helmets, green jerseys, green pants with the green face mask, which I love the green I face mask. Do, I thought they were going to reveal the black uniforms, but it makes sense. I with the, think it was Rose the Bowl. plan originally, and then everything happened in the last week, and I think some plans yeah, shifted. The, the only thing about the Rose Bowl reunion is why wouldn't they wear the green helmet with it, which that only tells uh, yeah. me they want to wear all green against Michigan, which is or typically... Or all what, black against Michigan at like night. They're going to reveal the black units against Michigan. We'll or, see. Or I still week. like the uniform combo. The green helmet, or the green face mask on the white helmet looks nice. so good. Yeah, um, I can't tell that, say that enough. Uh, the Huskies, Michigan State met last year in Seattle. Washington dominated that, that one, winning that one 39 to 28. Not great. Kicked Michael, off at 9 p.m. Eastern, which is whack. It was 7.30. It was the 7.30 on ABC. It was so late. I remember sitting on the conference room floor trying not to fall asleep as Wayne Tuala-Papa ran all over the Spartan defense. Michael Penix. Threw all over the Spartan defense. He threw all over the Spartan defense, 397 for four scores last year against Michigan State. He comes into the day. Or tomorrow, excuse me, eight fifty nine, eight scores and just one interception through the through the first two games. He's been slinging it, and then yeah. Darius Snow might be making his return. He, he tweeted out. today, "It's time, it's time." So he warmed up last so week back. in full uniform. If, if we can talk about how big that is going to be, I would love to, especially with Jacoby Windman going down. And re- reports have been all over the place with that. I, Originally, it was a stinger because um, we saw ice on his shoulder. Then somebody put through out there. It could have been. It could be a torn pectoral. It it could be. I, he could be good to go. He could be out for the year, and I have no clue. Yeah. Um, and I doubt anybody in that coaching staff or is gonna tell oh, a soul. Hell no. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I don't know. Well, let's start. Let's start with. Darius Snow. You oh, are a Darius Snow stand, I am a so. Darius Snow believer. Fun fact, Darius Snow was in my first ever class here at Michigan State. We both came in December. Him because he's a freak athlete and me because I can't get a high enough score on my ACT. Um, and we were partners in Jern 108 together with oh, Perry what a, Parks. What a, what a class. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Darius Snow is an absolute dog. He is what Michigan State football is all about. Um, 
I am a heavy, heavy believer in Darius Snow and the entire Snow family actually is MSU royalty and they deserve it. So um, I don't know where the official is supposed to check for injury reports, but as of the one site I use, Jacoby Women is not listed on the injury That's report, good news. which I think is good news. Uh, Jaron Mangum is still questionable. I don't think he's playing. Uh, Jalen Berger is listed as questionable as of Wednesday with a leg injury. Alante Brown Cadillac still has a concussion. Obviously, he's took that big hit. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I would he took that big hit and then he came out in the second he half. Did come back out and, and returned a kick. Um, I, Michigan I, State had to be fined by the NCAA from that because he was he got know. knocked out I don't and know. then he returned. Obviously, we're never going to find out what happened with that, like with the medical team. Like, oh, you're clear to go back out there, but that's just, well, maybe you just snuck just out so there. Weird. Interesting enough, on the yeah. site, the players that get hurt during the year have like questionable with their actual injury. The players that started the year injured, like Jaron Mangum, are all undisclosed. Um, yeah. Like. Um, OTOT. Should we disclose uh, Jeremy Mangum's lower body injury? Yeah, he was wearing a boot. Um, but, anyways, that would be something to watch. But yeah, I think Darius Snow is going to make a world of a difference on that defense. Where does he play, lose. is my question. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's, he'd have to play. I mean, he's going to play in coverage, obviously. But. So, they he's put on. But the reason he got hurt, which this still irks me, was he was st- he started at nickel as a true freshman. Um, or he took over as his freshman. Played a lot of line. He played linebacker in his like the so, his first so, half he played last year. His yeah. sophomore year, he he moved down from safety to leave, bounced back and forth between that safety nickel, mm-hmm. and then his this is his redshirt junior year, correct? Uh, I believe redshirt sophomore year. No, he's the same. Junior, he's, yeah. yeah, redshirt oh. junior. He was playing middle linebacker and got rolled up on and blew out his entire leg. He is not a middle linebacker. He play outside linebacker. Absolutely, he can even come off the edge if you want. Put it. He is your best cover. He is your best tackler in open field. Um, I just want to see twenty three on the field though. I something. I don't know what it is, but something about Darius Snow flying around in that secondary of, fires uh, me up. I mean, this isn't a very known NFL name, but Isaiah Simmons, who just got traded to the Giants, he reminds me kind of like him. He could play really anywhere. He could play safety. Swiss play Army knife. Yeah. Swiss Army knife type of guy, and I'm really excited to watch him tomorrow. I can't wait. Yeah. Some notes about Washington. They have the number one passing offense in the country. They're coming pretty in. good at football. Uh, they are pretty good offensively at football. Their defense sketch a little suspect. Uh, Michael Penix. Fun fact. He has five of the highest passing yard, single-game passing yard games in history at Washington. He's only played a little, uh, like 13 games. 14, yep. 14, and five of them he's thrown. 15 games because he played 13 last year. Something like that. He looks uh, the part. He yeah. does look the part. But <laughs> So well, you're telling me every third game he's setting career highs. Yes. Impressive. Uh, he is eight, Washington as a program. It's 8-9 and nine all-time in true road games in the Eastern time zone. Obviously, we know how tough it is for Big Ten teams like Michigan State to go out to the West Coast. Just as difficult for the West Coast teams to come here. Um, they're 1-5 all-time in the state of Michigan. They lost at Michigan two years ago. Now, that was a really bad Washington team against, it yeah. uh, turns out, a very good Michigan lost team. Lost an FCS team the week before that. They Montana did lose State. to Montana. Uh, it Montana, was Montana. Montana Montana's yeah. a pretty good FCS level. Uh, this one, the big one, Washington last year, last year was their first year under Kalen DeBoer. They went 11-2. and They were 11-0 and on turf. They were 0-2 on natural grass. And obviously... Spartan Stadium is stand, stand Kentucky Blue, right baby. There. Which I did get in the broadcast last week. And the Kentucky Blue <laughs> may play a factor tomorrow as Washington is 0-2 on natural grass under Kalen DeBoer. Top two agricultural school in the country. Just want to throw and that out there. And this is a big play offense. They have 20 plays of 20-plus yards already for their first two games. So this offense is highly explosive, and we're going to find out. This Michigan State defense didn't 
looked great last week. Should have gave up zero points had you know the offense not fumbled twice late in the game during garbage time. We're gonna find out just how good this defense is tomorrow. Yeah, I'm 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 excited about it. Um, I I really felt like last year they were missing two pieces. Obviously, no uh, Xavier Henderson in that secondary last year against Washington. You didn't. You're not gonna have them ever again. Sadly, um, Darius Snow was gone that week as well. So I felt like they were just missing a leader. Now this year, I feel like they have a lot of more. Leaders both in the secondary down or in the middle and um, on the line. So I'm I'm really excited to see this defense play. And it actually like we always say it like oh it can't be worse than last year and it always is. I actually don't know if Michigan State can physically let up that many yards as they did last year. Yeah, they got what was it like six hundred and some? Because uh, Penix like, threw was, for four hundred, and I think they ran for two hundred. It was close. It was like yeah, they got five eighty nine. It was like, like five sixty or five. Yeah, it's like I don't know how you give up six hundred yards. And this Washington offense has done a great job of protecting Michael Penix. They've only taken one sack through the first two games of the year. Obviously, this Michigan State defense had seven sacks last week. They have 10 total on the year, so we're, Michigan State's going to have to get to Michael Penix. Michael Penix, not very mobile. I think he's on his third ACL, fourth ACL. Um, he always crazy. seems to stay healthy until whoever school he's playing for plays Michigan State, though. He always played when he was at Indiana. Uh, he tore his ACL one year while he was at Indiana. Yeah. against At Spartan Stadium, actually. That might have been the last time he was here. 2019. Some, we got to fact check that for tomorrow. 2021, he tore his ACL against Penn State in tw- uh, when he was at Indiana. So I mean, the, this goes is, to Washington in 2022 as a great year. And now he's he's an NFL draft the, type of quarterback. Yeah. It's so. a very future Chicago Bear. one-dimensional type of offense. That's uh, <laughs> Mike Bonex is a future Bear. Let's not get it twisted. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Passing game averaging, let's see, 472 yards a game. That's pretty good. The rushing attack, only 93 yards a game. Yeah, Wayne Tawalapapa is a big dr- loss. He's an absolute baller and a really fun name to say that I actually learned, unlike this defense, which I am terrified to try to pronounce these names tomorrow. Yeah. Everybody send a prayer, please. But the wide receiver room for Washington is stacked, to say the, say the least. Rome Odunze, uh, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk. Uh, Jeremy Bernard is their number four receiver, and he's still obviously the former Spartan. Um, they're going to be able to spread it ar- yeah. around. It's gonna be, we're truly going to see how good this Michigan State secondary is. Um, the, on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think Washington's defense is all that scary. I mean, I don't think any Pac-12 yeah. defense like is scary for being on the Pac-12. It's is, turning to the Big Twelve. It has turned into the Big Twelve uh, of like six years ago. I, like, I just want to go back to the Washington offense. I mean, Polk killed this team last year. I believe at over a hundred McMillan yards as well. McMillan. I watched that game against Boise State. He, I think they all had a hundred. Yeah, all three McMillan's of them. a very good receiver. Both both those guys. I mean, are just very good. Um, yeah, I mean, the, this Michigan State defense is going to be tested. Um, and like you said, Zach, I mean, it can't get worse than last year. Maybe it can. I mean, we're we're gonna. It could. If you let up 600 yards two consecutive years, I hate to say it. Figure it out. If it's worse than last year, we will just turn the broadcast off halfway through the game. Like that's could easily happen again. I wanted to last year. Well, sitting on the conference floor. I won't stop you. You you won't have me. Don Tatum says he's he's they're confident and they're ready. I mean, I'm excited. We're going to see what this Michigan State team. We'll get to find out how how fast of a corner because Dylan Tatum. Everyone, he's obviously big. He's very good at tackling. And this question is that corner is his speed. We'll get to find out Saturday how fast he is. We know he's a ball player. We know he flies around. He plays. He'll hit anything. But we'll get to find out how he can do covering four verts all night long. We'll get to see. I think the key to the game. 
is Nathan Carter. I think the run game for Michigan State, keeping the ball out of, Washington's not going to need much time to score. Keeping the ball out of their hands. I don't think this Washington front seven is super scary. They have seven tackles for loss through two games against Tulsa and Boise State. Not mm-hmm. two daunting opponents. They only have three sacks. They don't get to the quarterback very well. Noah Kim should have time to throw, but it's going to be important that the run game is established. I think if Michigan State gets the ball first tomorrow, I don't want to see. I don't want to. They do need to no score. Three but, and out. but I, no free and out. But also Jay Johnson, do not throw a, do not run a flea flicker. Like you don't need to score fast against Washington. All you have to do, the key to success, if they have. Go eight plays, seventy-five yards. A flea and punch flicker it in. for eighty would kind of be electric, though. Would it, it not? would be so electric. <laughs> but then Washington, I'm thinking about the our play-by-play call, and that would be pretty but, awesome. But like, let's be honest here. They've run the flea flicker twice already this year. Once they, they didn't I, run it week one, and we were like, "Where is it?" They oh, ran a reverse pass. Oh, that's right. They ran one last week. It did not work to Montori oh. Foster. Which, if you're going to run one, you have to throw it to Tyrell Henry. One, two. Eight, eight plays, seventy-five yards to open the game. Nathan Carr needs like forty yards on that opening drive. And you're going to be set. And I think run, the, seen... run the damn ball. Oh, uh, we forgot to mention Michigan State has a kicker. We found that they out. They do have a kicker, which is kind of huge. And he's got a, f- a leg. Like yeah. 54 yard field goal 50, last week. 52. Or 52. But still. But Jonathan Kim has got a boot on him. We need to say that. We That's another thing we've come across since our last episode. Hey. Special teams back. Yeah. I mean, it. If you want to beat a team like this, you can't lose. You got to win all three phrases. You definitely have to win special teams. You have to, you have to, you have to. Jeremy Bernard should not get a return all day tomorrow. Unless there's crazy wins, every ball should go through the back of the end zone. I agree. And I think back to the Nathan Carter situation of running the ball, Michigan State historically, when they have a good running back, I can't remember the last time Michigan State had a running back like Nathan Carter, whether it was K9, obviously, uh, whether it was. Le'Veon, uh, uh, Jeremy Langford, yeah. Edwin Baker. The last time I remember Michigan State having a, an elite running back and not being good was in 2012 when they had Le'Veon Bell in his last year. And that team, I believe, of their six losses, five of them were by, were, were by one score. And that was because Andrew Maxwell didn't know where the ball was going when he threw it because he had one speed. He's like Joe Milton. Um, bullets. They, they just threw bullets everywhere. But other than that, and that still wasn't a t- – that team went six and or seven and six. So I think the ceiling of this, the floor of this team, just because Nathan Carter is that good, and I think the running game is going to be good. I like State's chances tomorrow as long as the running game is there. Don't get away from that. The slow starts cannot happen. Michigan State. I was just going to mention that. What was because... it? Two three and outs to start. Like they were super. And then slow they scored on like five straight drives. I, I mean, oh, you're talking well, Central. Yeah, Central. They... The Central was uh, the first half was awful. They marched down the field and then they was it a fumble or they lost the ball somehow. On, turnover on downs, maybe yeah, on their first, on their their first, first drive. drive. Yeah, like they drove all the way down the field, and then it was so turnover on downs, and then it was punt, punt, and then they got a field goal, and then Central scored, and then Michigan State finally got in the end zone at the end of the it first just, half. Slow starts are going to be like I mean, you saw last year, and this team got off to a twenty-two nothing, like they were they were losing twenty-two to nothing, and you know they got down. A, Washington scores, and then um, they're about to score, and then um, MSU. Um, I, I can't remember if they it was a turnover on downs. They stopped them at the they, goal line. They got two. They had two and goal line stops safety. in that game. I, I can't. I can't remember if it was Burger or Broussard. Broussard tripped in the end zone. All the momentum just got just got gashed after that. So I mean, you're, you're mentioning the slow starts. They cannot happen tomorrow. You have to get off to a fast start. That's kind of my key of the game, just in general. Just get off to a fast start against this team, and you have a good chance. Because if not. If it's the same as last year where you just you get stopped at the goal yeah. line, yeah, you really have just have no chance against this team. Yeah, I think it's the run game, the slow starts, and 
I think the red zone defense is going to play a key. Michigan State two for five in the red zone on defense. So that's three times they haven't even allowed a field goal. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be huge. If, if they can hold Washington to at least field goals, they're going to give themselves a better shot staying in the game instead of having to run a track meet. Um, but, I mean, we're going to get to our official picks in the pick in a little bit. But I at, think third down is the biggest key for this team like if they can get off the field at any point whether it's a field goal or making them go for it on fourth and down even if they get a fourth down or two fourth downs make them sweat it um i I think that's going to be huge just getting them to fourth down at any point yeah i think i mean we're gonna have to wait and see i'm excited i genuinely i don't know how it's possible but i think i'm more excited with coach d back and harlan barnett like i just feel like there's just a different energy now like there's just something i'm excited for tomorrow i think the Spartan Stadium is going to be absolutely packed. People are going to be excited. The first big game of the year. It's going to be a first day. alcohol. There's, it's going to be electric. Be We're nice, outside. I'd say, but it's, it's a great day to be outside. It's a beautiful day to be outside, and we are so okay. Thank you, Michigan State, for allowing us to go so, call the games at the stadium. Yes, let's now appreciate you. Move to the national picture. We'll get to back to our pick for the game when we get to the pick. National picture time. It's been two weeks. We gave our predictions on the first episode. Um, the recording got cut off. So quick rundown. Jay has Texas in his college football playoff. We'll get to Texas in a second. I have Sam Hartman and Notre Dame being elite. Sam he Hartman wins win the Heisman. Heisman. <laughs> He's going to win the Heisman. Whoa. Sam Har- Nix is Nix. winning the Heisman. Bo Nix is obvious. Nix. They're going to share the Heisman. Um, Notre Dame. One of them can win the Maxwell. The other exactly. one can win the Heisman. God. Uh, Sam Hartman and Notre Dame going to the playoff. They look really good. They do. Um, they play Central this weekend, and uh, Slowick, I can't honestly can't remember I had, one of your predictions. I had Georgia. Um, you were in on Florida State, right? Florida State's my two. Yeah, he, I think Florida yeah. State goes undefeated. And, I said that before they played LSU. I was I or, um, maybe it was after they played LSU. No, no, it was, no, it was before, before. So I have uh, Georgia is gonna is my one seed. Uh, Florida State is my two seed. My three seed was. Um, Michigan. Michigan, and then I didn't have Texas in there because I didn't think they were going to be Bama, for being honest. I thought they were going to play them really close, um, and they could still definitely drop a game that they shouldn't. But then I had the winner of the Pac-12 as my four seed, which I think will probably be Oregon, Washington, uh, USC, obviously. We'll see. We will see. So, um, let's get into it. The Pac-12 has been the spotlight of college football, I think, so far this year, including, well, yeah, Coach Prime Dion, in Colorado, yeah. the Buffaloes, uh, obviously took the college football world by storm in week one, taking down TCU. I don't think TCU's that good, if we're being honest. Like, they're not what the reigning – like, they are the reigning – they're the, the, the finalists. Talent, but they lost, they lost, like, eight Quentin NFL Johnson. draft picks. Yeah. Like, that's – it's not fair to them. Um, so did Georgia. Yeah, but – okay. <laughs> we're not comparing TCU to Georgia. Georgia, um, and then who, who did Colorado play last weekend? Nebraska. Oh, okay, Nebraska. Nebraska. They did, they did take care of business right against there. Nebraska. Nebraska's a tire fire. Matt Rule, Matt Rule made it personal. He did make it personal. Also, his Sims, not very good. Jeff Sims sucks. Let's have four turnovers in the first half. He, he, is, not he is not. He's a Hey, guess guy. what? Colorado State also made it personal this week. Colorado State, ooh. I, I want Colorado State to win. So, like I like Deion Sanders, but they're making it so easy to hate them. Like I am, I am actively rooting against Colorado. People need to stop making it personal against them, or, or else they're not going to lose. Poking the bear. Hey, I Bo Nix in Colorado next weekend. I, I don't think Bo Nix is going to say anything though. I hope not, because if he does, it's personal and the game is well, over. We'll see. <laughs> but Colorado just has been taking the world by storm. Sure, I, I don't. I think they're like an eight-win team at best because they have. 
Colorado State this weekend. They're going to win. They're going to take care of business. They go to Autzen in Oregon next weekend. Loss. Then they host USC. USC? I believe they host they do USC. Host USC. I don't think it's a win. They're not beating USC. <laughs> Put Stop it on the pick them for that week. A, oh, oh, it will be. Yeah. Ne- next week in next week's pick them is going to be like ten teams deep. Next week's college football slate immaculate. This week kind of sucks. Like Michigan State Washington is the game of the week this week. Even though college game day is going to Denver. Or Boulder or wherever the hell they play yeah. the game. Did you hear why they're doing that though? Because it's Coach Prime. No, because they were Michigan State was in the finalists. I heard murmurs that they were like, "Oh, let's do Michigan State." They were gonna have to trade uh, two games and like a crazy amount, like millions of dollars, because they would have to buy um, the rights off a of Peacock for the Michigan State oh, Wisconsin yeah. or Washington game. Oh, that's right, because Michigan State or I, I did think that was gonna be interesting. How College game day handles. They were gonna have to buy the game, but, but handles having because the not, they don't they, have, they don't uh, have any. This, the, yeah, this is the first time, and as far as I can remember, ESPN not having a media rights to, at yeah. all to a Power Five conference. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see like at the end of the year when Ohio State Michigan happens, how they're gonna handle that because you know they're not gonna miss that game or, or Penn, Penn State. State Michigan or Penn State Ohio State. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Uh, moving on to the Pac-12 as a whole, USC <laughs> offensively really good. Caleb Williams oh. is the number one pick, maybe a future bear. Uh, Oregon. <laughs> you guys tank it? Oh, God. I mean, at this point, yes. You lost one game. They're really bad. Justin really bad. Um, You have Bonix, dog. Yeah. Dude, the Beavers look good. The Beavers, DJ Ukulele. DJ Ungulele. I call him Ukulele, but yeah. Dog. Washington State, actually a pretty good the football Wisconsin. team. They took care of uh, Wisconsin last weekend. They're a good football team with Cam Ward as their quarterback. Uh, you have Michael Penix, obviously, in Washington. You have Oregon State, UCLA with Dante Moore looks dangerous. Yeah, I know. I think he's got the job because he was battling yeah. for it. He played you know, week he two, a, didn't play week one. He, he, he came yeah. in halfway through week one. Uh, you have Co- Spartan. You have Colorado, obviously. Hey, Cal almost be paying Thorne and Auburn. Oh God, Cal still sucks. <laughs> Auburn's not good. Auburn's not. Oh, uh, they're calling for his head. I'm sure they are. Welcome I mean, to the we, paint. Hey, I, I, Cal fourteen I, to ten. If man. I could just throw this out here real quick, I saw a tweet and it made me laugh hysterically. They said watching Peyton Thorne is like watching a less athletic, more clumsy version of Bo Nix all over again. I mean, welcome to the Peyton Thorne experience, yeah. guys. It's just back shoulder fades and back yeah. shoulder fades. 50, 50 who, 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 yeah, who can catch a jump ball on this team? You are now his favorite yeah. wide receiver. Yes, 50-50 now, balls and shallow crosses. Let's, let's, let's move <laughs> over to the game of last weekend. Texas. They're so bad. They're so bad. So they're officially bad. I hate it, but they're so bad. Jalen Milrow, that, out. That defense He's... actually looks good, which is was always Texas kryptonite. They can score points, but they're going to let up 10 times more than they score. And that front seven looks really good. Okay, Quinn Ewers, dog. Quinn, Quinn Ewers uh, to Xavier Worthy. That was a I am dime. so happy Xavier Worthy is not a Michigan Wolverine. Yeah. Like I this I read the story like last week or two weeks ago why he didn't go to Michigan and I just love it. Was it over a cheeseburger? It was over um the like basically they didn't tell him that he couldn't enroll early because of academics. Oh so it was, and so his I mom was tearing up at his, Texas. his mom was like, No, like the trust isn't there. You're going somewhere else. So he chose Texas and dog. No, but I anyways, mean, he, I've Texas is a, is a dog. Xavier Worthy, I mean, dog. He's yeah. They're they're all very good. I mean, I'm lucky at their schedule. I mean, Quinn Ewers, possible yeah, to, future got, bear. I mean, yeah, we'll have to see, man. I, <laughs> I, I'll take any other. Anyways, I mean, you got Texas going to Baylor. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, Baylor sucks. You got the Red River Showdown, which I mean, that'll always be a tough game. And then you got Kansas State in November. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Like I said, they they could win out. 
and then they're gonna and then they're gonna have eight wins in the SEC next year. Exactly. Um, but it was it was it was a very very good game. Um, Quinn Ewers is just, I mean, he he looked the part, and I mean, he had some great throws and going going on the road at Bama at night. That's tough to do. And yeah, now let's look ahead to Week Four. Probably the best weekend of college football, maybe until. The weekend, uh, I think it's week eight when Michigan State plays Michigan. There's a bunch of games that weekend. Penn State, Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama. Um, the list goes on. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame is next weekend. That's a big one. Florida State, Clemson. You have Ole That's going to be a, yes. a bloodbath. Ole Miss, Alabama. The 330 slate, you have Ole Miss, Alabama on CBS, UCLA, Utah on Fox, Colorado, Oregon on ABC, Michigan State, Maryland is on, is on NBC. If you're interested in that, <laughs> potentially, if Michigan State and Maryland both take care of business, Maryland plays Virginia tonight, which Maryland should more than take care of business. That could be a top two, top twenty teams or top twenty teams in the twenty-five to twenty range. It was a little bit of scary against Charlotte, they were down fourteen. If MSU wins, they're in, they're ranked without yeah. a doubt. Oh, yeah. They yeah. Uh, then you have UTSA, Tennessee. UTSA, a very solid group of five team. Tennessee, I'm still skeptical on, even though I love Joe Milton. You have Arkansas, LSU, Oregon State, Washington State. Big game between the two, like most, the two forgotten childs of the Pac-12, Iowa, Penn State, and the Whiteout on Saturday night. You have Texas, Baylor, and I yeah, the slate stack. This is like the last week of like mediocre football. There's not many this week. Last weekend and this weekend, kind of rough if you're a big time college football fan. But going forward, next week we might do ten picks. Yeah, we might next weekend might just be a full pick them. Like we call we call it a double pick them. We do we last year we did a couple of them. Um, They normally went really bad for everybody except for Liam, who will be in East Lansing this weekend. I want to throw that out there. Shout out Lima Bean, Liam and Trent Bally both returning. Trent Bally is in attendance this weekend. In attendance this weekend. Oh, that's so. Downriver Jack is also returning. (laughs) 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 Bubba, I can't wait to see you. He's coming from uh, Jay's home state of uh, Illinois. Lovely. Yes. Time for the pick'em. Presented by the Merrifield Sportsbook. Let's take a look at the standings. We had five picks back in week one. I went four and one in the lead. Lies. You went three and two. You can check the show sheet. Yeah, I don't believe it. And JDC, you came in at two and three. Let's start off game number one tomorrow. Michigan State, Washington. Yeah. It'll be. That's a lot of points. 16 and a half. Michigan State. Is laying or this is the part we got cut off last week? So, matter we still recording, we are are still all right. That's it. I I was like, I don't know if I should say it or text him, and I was like, you know what? It got cut off. I'm saying it. I'm keeping an eye on it. Uh, Washington at Michigan State, Washington favored by 16 and a half. JDC, start us off. I'm telling you, Matt. I mean, look, this is this is a big spread on the road for a team that has to travel across three time zones. So, I'm gonna take MSU in the points. I, I don't think this. MSU wins this game. I, I'm going to take Washington to win, but that's just too big of a spread. So I'm going to take MSU plus 16. And Way half. too many points yeah. for a, a first ever alcohol sales in yeah, one I, in the I, game. I don't get it. Either Way too many. Michigan State lost by, by 11 last year without the safety. They would have with, without with injury problems in Seattle. This is a better Michigan State no team this year. Back. No running game like this. Michigan like I just don't see how this team is five points worse. Actually, I think they think Washington is five points better than I, they were I, last I, year. I, I, but I, don't, I disagree. I don't, so. I don't think so. So I'm taking Michigan. So we're all taking. Michigan we're all State taking the, the Spartans. I, Washington doesn't have a twelve pop off in, in this game. Twelve pop off. That's pop-off. pretty much so, what he did. Yep. So so. All right, moving into the biggest Big Ten game of the weekend. We have Michigan State. Or sorry, excuse me, Penn State number seven. Traveling down to Champaign to take on the fighting Brett Bielema's and the fighting Illini. They don't look very good. This Penn year. State they do, they do not look laying good at all. four 
Penn State minus 14 and a half. Slowick, we'll start with you. <sighs> Illinois got housed at Kansas last week. Yeah, they oh, look oh, really barely bad. Barely avoided Toledo in week one. Um, 14 and a half is a lot of points. Toledo's quarterback is also a Detroit guy. Um, fun fact, he played at MLK. Um, I, that's so many points, but give me Penn State. I don't like it, but so many points on the road, but Illinois looks so bad. I'm also taking Penn State, and that's that's my lock of lock of the week. On the lock of the week. I, I love it. Love it. Um, so I mean, it's just way too many points. I I love Penn State this year with Alex Singleton and uh, Drew Aller. Drew Aller's been really good so far. Uh, yeah, give me Penn State in the points. I, I, Illinois just looks like garbage. I'm so. taking Penn State as well. They have been the most impressive Big Ten team. We're riding so far. and dying together with Ohio, the Big Ten, I mean, huh? I mean, Ohio State <laughs> has not looked good. Their offense has been abysmal the first two weeks, and then on the other side, Michigan. They haven't played anybody. They just, I mean, they've been solid, but we really don't know what they have versus Penn State. Played West Virginia, took care of business. They played yep. Delaware. I mean, not a, ter- not a, not a good FCS, but they to seven. But just I mean, handled so them nice. as well. So we'll really get to see what they're made of going on the road against a solid Illinois team, but I think they cover the 14 and a half. Another game in the noon slate, number 14, LSU heads down to Starkville to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. LSU is favored by nine and a half. Start with Jay. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mississippi State here. Um, I mean, LSU just hasn't really looked impressive to me so far. I mean, you get you get bounced against. Look, Florida State's really good, but I think that's just too many points. I'm gonna take Mississippi State in this one. I do think LSU will win though. Tigers. That's all I got. I'm taking I'm taking LSU. I think they're good, and I think the more games they win, the better Florida State looks. And I do think Florida State's better than Michigan, and I want to throw that out there right now. Um, I think Michigan f- should fall because you know what, Florida State not only is two and zero, but they've all f- so covered twice. So, interesting. If you, if you want to be if you want to be you want to have my respect, start covering Michigan. Oh well, I'm riding with JDC here. Michigan or Mississippi State always plays LSU tough in Starkville. Ah. Will Rogers, dog, he can sling it. Give me Mississippi State to cover. They might win, but I think that's nine and a half points is too many points. Uh, another SEC game. This one, including number f- non-conference, number 15, Kansas State, travels to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers. Kansas State, four-point four favorites on the road against the Tigers. We'll start with you, Jay. Um, look, I mean, Missouri, I feel like, I mean, they played Georgia really close last year at home, uh, the, the reigning national champions. Uh, start out with Luther Burden on uh, Missouri. He's a very good receiver, five-star receiver that they have. Um, I'm going to take Kansas State, though, I think. Um, I think there, there's still a threat to the Big 12. I'm, I'm going to take them plus, mi- minus the four, so on the road. I'm going to rock with Mizzou just because I still have a little bit of hatred towards K-State from March. Um, <laughs> so, again, give me the Tigers. <laughs> I want to take Mizzou in the points, but Kansas State looks solid. 45 nothing win over yeah. Southeast Missouri. 42-13 win last week against a very good Troy team. Right. Meanwhile... Missouri struggled against a Middle Tennessee, winning like twenty-three to nineteen last week. Uh, so give me Kansas State laying the four on the road, and then the final game, seven o'clock on Saturday night. Tennessee, eleventh in the country, travels down to the swamp in Gainesville, taking on Florida. Tennessee favored by six. Slowly. See, I'm gonna oh, we'll go with Jay. Look, yeah, James I mean, ready. Jay, Jay's ready for the pick. Look, you know what? I, I do like Joe Milton. I think he's solid. I mean, I don't think Tennessee's gonna be as good as last year, but. Joe Milton yeah, can Florida throw. Florida also does not look good. I mean, they got they got trounced in Utah um, without Cameron Rising. I just think I'm going to go with Florida here plus the six. I think it's a close game, um, but I do think Tennessee wins this one. I just I, taking both, Gators both teams, points. 
Both teams just I feel just aren't that good. Um, but that's just me. I disagree. I think Tennessee's legit. I'm just kidding. They're not very good. Yeah. But um, no, I'm ro- I'm rocking with Tennessee. I do not like Florida. I don't know what it is. Um, the only thing they do, I uh, probably because I'm a Florida State guy and i feel like you it's one or the other you can't be like it's like michigan michigan state um seminal chop is always better than the the gator chomp um give me tennessee do you guys know rocky the, top do you know the last time tennessee won in gainesville it's about 2003 i was 11 days old yeah it was september so, 03. september 20th 2003 tennessee won that one 24 10 whoa that's all it's it's almost a reunion they're playing on the September seventeenth. It's really close. Twenty years apart. Yes, it's been twenty years since they've won oh, in games. That's a storyline. Like, Give me Tennessee. Oh, I, I I think Tennessee wins. I don't even think Florida's that Florida's good. Florida's not good. But uh, give me the six points. Like it's a rivalry yeah. game. Nope. Give it. The swamp is so tough to play. They're gonna play. Uh, just for the record, you and Jay have all the same picks. Love it. Me and JC, ride or ride. die, baby. You Love guys are riding together, and Love we. I am fading both of you on two of them. Or three of them. That sounds like a you. Tigers, problem. Tigers, Vols. They have no more Anthony Richardson, but that doesn't matter. They're gonna they're gonna cover that six. Yeah. Even though they talk about suck. a Colt. Oh God, out Anthony. I'm you know what? I might Napier. switch my pick simply because Anthony Richardson is. A he Colt. looked good. He, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Yeah, he looked pretty good. The Jags. I'm high on the Jags this year. I'm so really high. I'm, I, I'm yeah. high on the Jags simply because they're the rest of the division sucks oh, balls. I mean, bad. let's yeah, be they're honest not good. here. So, but, all right. I mean. Do anybody else anything to add, or is this? No, I'm tapped out. I think next week too, we find an underdog and we put it. We put down for money line. Like we we each pick one underdog to win outright, and then that goes into our point total too. All I'm saying is, I'm, it doesn't hurt it, but it can add to it. You know, if MSU beats Washington, this is going to be one of the shows of all, all time next week. Next Friday will be, be electric homecomings next weekend. Against Maybe we can. Baby oh, you know, man. we need to look into limits. getting like will Lima Bean be back next week? Uh, I I know he's coming this week. Um, and but uh, I want to get an alumni of this beat to come in and on the show and talk. We could them. always do a Zoom with like everybody. We could. McLaren's in uh, is that Sacred Hearts. We can't oh, get. Maybe we can. We could them. invite Nathan Stearns on. Uh, we could also Let's always see. bring. Uh, I mean, Serdenic is he was a he two year football guy. Um, if you want to hear uh, Serdenic on football, just tune into the Green and White Report on Sunday mornings, eleven to one. Shameless plug. Shameless Free plug. plug but, always. I but, miss uh, the Green and White Report every single day. You can come on Sunday. Yeah, we'll, so, see. we'll the, see. The Lions play at one, so one pride. One pride. Anyway, we'll see how I'm feeling Sunday morning. If MSU wins, I'm telling you right now, the city is going to burn to the ground. Oh, it will. Without be a, a doubt, there will be fires everywhere. I don't I'm not encouraging bad. it because arson is bad. But if you <laughs> could like just air quote arson is bad. If that's what I was told from a firefighter. We do we after do not, Michigan we do in 2020. My brother is a firefighter, correct? Anyway, shout out to your brother. Shout out to your brother. His name's Mac. Mac Slowick. Yeah, he's a shout he's out. a fire guy. Yes, yeah, he is. we're football guys. That's gonna do it. I'm I'm stopping this. Yeah, you let's know, cut it off that, at this. Uh, tune in if you want this uh, yep. tomorrow or when <laughs> I, I don't, when is this coming out? Tune in Saturday. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is coming out. It's Friday night. So. All right, yeah. So, yes, make sure to follow along tomorrow's game, Saturday night. Articles, pregame show. Yep. AJ and I will be on uh, Impress Row yes. with uh, some other beat reporters. Yes, so, uh, check out Jay's and AJ's yep. joint preview of it yeah. on WDBM.org, obviously. Uh, follow along for Saturday night's game. The SRZ pregame show starts at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time and kickoff is set 
four, five o'clock on WDBM. Zach on the play by play, myself on color. Tell your friends about the show. You can find Spartan Red Zone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and impact89fm.org slash sports or anywhere else you get your podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day.